0: Thank you very much for, um, for having me and for inviting me all the way from uh, across the river. This is Betz and the people that run the Sandy Springs Kelo think that uh, they finally got me and I'm locked in here with you, but the truth is the opposite, is you're locked in here with me. And uh, we're going to... Um, I wanted to do something very basic. The truth is, is that in my experience um, with a lot of things in Hasidus, um, in, when, uh, for me, anyway, the, um, the first thousand times you hear something, you don't really hear. It needs, uh, the first thousand times is just the, the, thousand and first, the thousand and first time you can actually uh, maybe look at it properly. So I want to go back to basics. I want to go back to things that I'm not going to say anything that you haven't heard before. What I really want to talk about is is of Avodah of Sharsha, which it talks about in uh, in Parak of Tanya, which is a favored, uh, uh, as we know, part part of the Tanya by the Rebbe and the part that the, that the that the Rebbe told people to think about before davening and to uh, you know so to speak a a der hashvi hisbenenus. What better to uh, talk about on Chav Kislav? The Rebbe has a sicha, Parashas Ekev. It's on the first page of this uh, of this uh, of this handout you may have heard before, it's a very famous sicha about the Midbar Galo Venera right, the, the, the Rebbe talks about there's many different steps of descent and uh, and levels that you go down into galos, right, there's all different uh, um, um, uh Uh, Levels the lowest level there is the Akrav when the person becomes like the sting of the scorpion They become numb and cold and totally insensitive to everything, but I am more interested in the first step because uh, uh, When you get lost and you get uh, you you end up in the wrong place The the first step off the path is what's uh, the 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 first mistake so to speak the mistake of mistakes What's the first thing you do wrong if you learn this Sikha you'll see that the first thing that you do wrong when you go into Golos, the first thing in the exile is called the Midbar. The Midbar Godol, the great wilderness. And the Rebbe is and he says, what's the great wilderness? Is Be'etzam, when a Yid makes the Cheshbon. And he looks out in the world, and he looks out in the Midbar, and he makes a Cheshbon, and he says that, first of all, Yidin are a minority in the world. And Frum Yidin nowadays are a minority among the Yidin. And I myself, I think the Rebbe alludes to in the Loshon i am a personal minority. I'm one against, uh, uh, one against many, just one against the world. And a Jew makes this cheshven and a Jew becomes intimidated. That's the first step of Golas, which is very interesting because it's not a, it's not a very lofty uh, uh, or abstract idea. It's a very simple idea. The first step, the first mistake is to believe that the world is bigger than you are. Interesting idea is to make that cheshven. Now, you could ask, that this is a very rational conclusion to reach—that the world is bigger than you are. First of all, that the other nations are bigger than the Yidden, and that the non-Frem Yiddin are more than the Frum and that everyone is more than I am as an individual—is a very rational conclusion to reach. So, what exactly is the Rebbe saying, right? You could say that the Rebbe is saying to ignore the reality. I don't think that's what the—I uh, don't think that's the techen. I don't think the point is ignoring the reality for various reasons and for textual reasons as well, right? The um, you could say that the Rebbe is saying. Um, even though it's true, you shouldn't be intimidated, but the Rebbe actually says the way that the Lashon of the Sicha, if, if you look at the Sicha on, on, the, on, the, on the first page, the way the Rebbe puts it is that the, the Cheshpen is itself the mistake. In other words, the mistake is not the conclusion of the Cheshpen, to be intimidated. The mistake is that in the first place you're making your Cheshpen. In the first place you're calculating what's bigger, what's bigger me or the world, what's more real, me or the world, I think the Rebbe is saying something more, in a way, more simple, but also in a way more radical. The thing that the Rebbe is saying, I believe, and my, my goal is to kind of uh, show you where else in Chassidus we talk about this. Uh, we talk about this idea. The Rebbe is saying that the first mistake is to believe that the neshama actually does come from within the world. Or to put it in a different way, the first mistake is to believe that somehow you are a subset of the realities that are outside of you. I'll say it again. The first mistake is to believe that you are a subset. You're a, you're a, there's the reality and then you're a small part of reality. To believe that you're a f- small part of reality is the first mistake. And in fact, my whole uh, uh, song and dance here is about, my goal here is to explain how Hasidus sees everything punct v'keret. And not only punct v'keret, but from the very beginning of Hasidus. We see everything is punct v'keret. The whole way Hasidus looks at the world is exactly the opposite of this. In other words, the way Hasidus looks at the world, the way Hasidus wants a Jew to see themselves and to see the world, is that the world is a subset of the self, rather than the self being a subset of the world. In other words, in other words... Let me clarify what I mean by this very uh, fancy-sounding thing. It's not actually so fancy when you think about it. Open up a tanya and start learning from Perek Aleph, as we're going to start doing in Chitas. Tanya is, is as the Rebbe calls it in the introduction to the English tanya, one of the few things that the Rebbe, so to speak, published in English from himself. The Rebbe says tanya is a comprehensive worldview, is what he calls the tanya. For a comprehensive worldview, the Tanya does not talk about the world like forever. Start turning pages, right? Perek Aleph of Tanya is about Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas. Perek Bez of Tanya and Nebuchadnezzar Then you start going into the Koiches and the Levushim. You start talking about mitzvahs and Torah. And then, like chapter six, chapter seven, maybe, you start talking about Klipa. but even the Klipa is spoken about in terms of the Jews' behavior towards Klipa, right? It's not talking about the world per se. The world per se in Tanya is like later, unless you start to Shari Yichud Ve'emunah, it's a separate argument. If you, if you, uh, 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 the world, if a, if, a, if a Chassid opens up Tanya, the whole foundation, right? The Altareb is building up. That's why, that's why the first 12 parakim we always say, are so important, right? Because in the first 12 parakim of Tanya, the Altareb is building up the Matzias, right? Before we can talk about Alveda, you have to have the Matzias. What is reality, right? And interestingly, it struck me when I was preparing Shirin for Tanya, it never struck me before then, the many times I read Tanya. But when I was preparing Shirin for Tanya, it struck me that Tanya literally, if you're looking as an intellectual, if you're looking as a philosopher, right, tell me your worldview. Tanya doesn't talk about the world, there's no world in Tanya. The world is a parochial, external, far away thing that the neshama, once you get through down all the levels of the neshama, you get to, there's this thing called maysa, and then in Mysa, there's this, there's this external interaction, where there's this place where things interact. But what's reality? What's the reality you start with? You start with something called the Neshama. You start with, as Nevejah Bahamas, Nevejah Lekes. The self is the axiomatic reality in, in Hasidus. The self comes first. First, you have a self. The world is something that the self fundamentally does and participates in. Once you realize from the second chapter of Tanya, that the neshama and the self of the person in the Nebuchadnezzar Kiss is a chelek al you realize that the ebishter and the neshama are more similar than anything else in between them as well. Right? In other words, all these worlds, like when a Jew faces God and you have all these things that are in between them, these are all external communications. Right. In other words, you have the self of the Jew, the self of God, and then there's... All the stuff that's in between, and in Chassidus we define all the stuff that's in between by one of those two selves, one of those two things, either the neshama, either the chelak eloka, or the eloka. And your mistake would be to define any of these things in terms of the world. It's faket. A world is a meisa, is an external reality of a neshama of a self. The world is not the place from which the neshama or the self is found. And this is true even with... I can. There's many objections you can bring to this. We so can get into all of that. It's too much for the sheer today. Probably maybe we can have a Q&A where it can be raked over the coals. But this is the, uh, the general idea. The first mistake is to believe that the, that the self arises from within the world. And by the way... This is the belief that the entire world today tells you, in all different sectors. Never mind the, 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 the materialist beliefs of society, which by default say that the, that, the, that the person arises from within the material of the world and is just a collection of matter. Even the spiritual, even the spiritualisms that are found within the world nowadays, in the modern, the contemporary spiritual views of reality, right, are all about trying to reduce the self to the world, right, becoming part of something that's bigger than yourself, losing yourself like a wave in the ocean, et cetera, et cetera, right? Chassidus is opposed. Chassidus says, what's the world that you should be part of it? The world is, forget, the world is lesser and external to, secondary to, below what you are. I'm not telling you anything. I don't think anything that's even advanced. I think this is actually basic. I just think that we, we so, we're so inured to just sort of going, uh, we're, we're so used to and habituated to just sort of glancing over the basics that we don't even see this as significant, when in fact, I think um, um, uh, it's, it's incredibly radical. It's simple, but it's incredibly radical. It's an incredibly radical point. What's the proof that it's radical? The whole world believes Foucault, right? Alter Rebbe says, the self comes first, the world comes second. This is the pshat, I believe, by the way, of the story which is printed on the last page of this, uh, of this handout, which I copied in English from Chabad.org. Thank you to Chabad.org for the, um, the, the, the famous story of the Friedrich Rebbe, where the Friedrich Rebbe says, you can't scare me with your revolver. Because I have um, one God in two worlds, right? There's only scarce people that have Einwalt and Geter, right? One, one, uh, one world and many gods. It's a bizarre... The more you learn about Hasidus, and especially about the Fideic Rebbe, the more bizarre this story becomes, if you think about it. What, what's bizarre about this story? The Fideic Rebbe is not saying, go ahead and shoot me, I'll be just as happy in Gan Eden. <laughs> It's not... First of all, uh, for any chassid would say, uh, um, uh, Gan Eden's not the goal, right? Tahus, we know. To be here in uh, in Eilam Hazza and doing Ayurveda, and then when you learn the when you learn uh, the 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 Rebbe's sichas about the Frida Rebbe and especially the Friediker Rebbe's reaction to his own imprisonment and the Barshemt of Shitan, Ashkacha a very deep uh, Yud-based Tamus sichas, you find out that it's like the Frida Rebbe is so committed to to, to being in Eilam Hazza and spreading halakus in Eilam Hazza that to be removed from Eilam Hazza, just even to be in jail was painful for him. Never mind to be removed from Eilam Hazza. So what's the Fiddick Rebbe really saying when he says, you're not scaring me with your cat, The revolver could be uh, somewhat scary, right? You could say, making a point maybe that, uh, you know, if God wants, you'll shoot me. And if God doesn't want, you won't shoot me. Maybe that's the point. But that's not what he says. He says, I'm not scared because I have one God and two worlds. I think what this means is that the worlds are what changes. I think that's the pshat. I think the pshat is, as the Fiddick Rebbe says... Wherever I go, I'm going to be with God. And that's going to be okay, because I'm, I, I'm, I'm with God. My whole life is about God. I'm centered around God. God doesn't move. God doesn't change. There's one God. Everything else moves. Okay, the world will move around me. Things will change. My context will change. I'm here. I'm in Gan Eden, But I'm going to be with God wherever I go. What's the point? The point is, is that if you think about the opposites, where you have... One world and many gods, right? What does that mean? One world and many gods. One world and many gods means there's an objective reality. There's one objective reality, and where I go in that reality makes a difference. In other words, it's me that moves. The reality stays the same. The Friederkerab is saying for carrot. There's one reality. There's one god. Everything else moves. In other words, the self the self is not, is, not a, is not a prat in the world. It's not that a yid goes around the world and moves around the world. It's actually fakert. The yid is with the eibishter. The eibishter is consistent. The eibishter is one. Everything else moves around the yid, so to speak. This is the, 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 the Hasidical worldview. The first descent, the first descent into galus, the midbar, is to lose sight of this fact, is to think that you're part of the world, rather than the world being an external matter to you. Ad kan chilek alef of the shir. Chilek <laughs> Bez of the shir is about Perkmem aleph Tanya, because I want to show you how, when you read the beginning of Perkmem aleph, which is about Kabbalist ol, Kabbalist ol and this idea are very much intertwined, are very much connected. Now, I don't want to um, give anyone... Uh, uh, more trauma about Perikman of Tanya, and especially Kabbalah's Oh. But if you'll indulge me, I'm going to just read here the English translation of uh, the part of Tanya in question, if you don't mind. In uh, in Hebrew, it is in there, in the original. It's the part of Tanya that's in the sheets. I'm going to read you the translation. I work better in English myself. <sighs> Says the Alter and this may sound familiar, again, I'll try to say it in the least traumatic way possible. One must, however, constantly bear in mind the beginning of the service and its core and root. By this is meant that although fear is the root of depart from evil and love of do good, it is not sufficient to awaken the love alone and to do good. One must first arouse the innate fear which lies hidden in the heart of every Jew, not to rebel against the supreme king of kings, the Holy One, blessed be he, as has been stated above, so that this fear shall manifest itself in his heart or at least his mind. This means he should at least contemplate in his thought the greatness of the blessed and soft, his kingship, which extends to all worlds, higher and lower. He fills all worlds and encompasses all worlds. Do I not fill heaven and earth? He leaves both the higher worlds and the lower worlds, and uniquely bestows his kingdom upon his people Israel in general, and upon him in particular, as indeed a man is obliged to say, for my sake was the world created. And on his part, he accepts his kingdom upon himself, that he be king over him to serve him and do his will in all kinds of servile work, like a servant. Here we have the part of Tanya that talks about the dreaded words, kabbalus oath, the acceptance of the yoke. the fundamental religious objection to the point of Hasidus that I just said, that the world moves and the Jews stays the same, the part of Yiddishkeit that's against it is the religious part, so to speak. What I mean by that is, it's the part where you have a God, God is the objective reality, and you are his insignificant servant who is running around and doing his will, which is the version of Kabbalah's O that uh, some of us Um, were sold or assumed or something like that. And nothing makes a person feel smaller and more insignificant and less free and less one with God than being told they are the servile servant of God in a distant and lowly world in which they have to run around and do his will. So much for religion. Religion is naturally appealing to some people, not to me. I don't find that very, uh, very interesting. I want to learn what the Rebbe. There's a, this is from uh, Likutei Uh This is what most of the pages of this handout are. It's from, um, from Likutei Sichus, The Hissafas, the Parshas Noah, in Chelik of Likutei Sichos. It's quite long, but it's all it's all here. It's all here in the uh, in the handout. I want to talk about how the Rebbe reads the beginning of Parak Namalif, because the truth is, I stumbled upon this. Uh, the sicha and the sicha actually blew my mind and the reason it blew my mind is because if you didn't know that the rebbe was talking about kabbalah Sol, you would think that the rebbe was talking about like the highest madregas of like uh avas and uh, all these profound uh, loving relationship with god when in fact the rebbe is talking about our kabbalah you know our kabbalah Sol, our good old kabbalah Sol, that we know so well from uh, from our education The general, in other words, or a different way you could say it is, is that the Rebbe is going to read this into Tanya, so it's going to be inescapable as a der harishan right? In other words, some of us are convinced that there's the real religion where you're small and irrelevant and, uh, and uh, pathetic servile servant of God who is the ultimate objective reality that crushes you like a bug. And then there's the nice Dura HaShvi Torahs which uh, attenuate this and make it more uh, palatable for our lowly generation. But the problem is, is that the Rebbe reads the Dura attenuating Torahs directly into Tanya. In fact, it's hard to see how to read Tanya any other way. So it turns out, kumtais, that it wasn't always so terrible. In the, uh, the, that's how you read the, uh, the Tanya itself. So I'd like to just learn how the Rebbe reads this. Again, I'm not going to really read inside. Um, but I'm going to tell you what this sikha says. And you can, uh, you can double-check me or, 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 or review. You have to remember, this is the beginning of our Veda. In other words, the Rebbe is talking about what you have to do to start Aveda Sashem, right? Remember, the mistake of all mistakes is the beginnings, the first Yeridah. So the Rebbe talks about the Reishas Avedah, beginning of Aveda. The beginning of Aveda is to realize that there is no one else here at all vis-a-vis God, says the Rebbe. The Rebbe says that the language in the lashon in Tanya is Umeyached, his Umeyached singular. God unites his kingship over the person, uh, in the singular, meaning as an individual. There is an individual relationship with God. Exclusive personal relationship with God. I like the word personal more and more. The more Chazidus I learn, the more I like the word personal. Do we say this as a self-deception that God unites us Him in His self uh, singularly? So the Alter Rebbe goes on in his Magyar and brings another uh, and another source, and he says that no, you're just like Adam Arishan. We learn in the Mishnah that, um, that uh, 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 why was Adam Arishan created, created as one person rather than a whole bunch of people, right? To teach you that each individual person is a whole world and B'chulu that each person is like a whole uh, 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 world unto themselves. The Rebbe says, if you really understand this Mishnah, you can make the argument that when God unites his Malchus on me, I'm, Adam Arishan was one person. I'm one person among many people. So God is, unites his Malchus on me, but he's also uniting his kingship on someone else. No one else existed when Adam, when, the, when there was Adam Arishan Says the Rebbe, uh, you learn the Mishnah wrong. You learn the Mishnah uh, backwards. Why was Adam Harishon created alone? In other words, it's not Adam Harishon was created alone to be a dogma for you that you should be inspired to serve Hashem like you're the only person on earth. That's not what it says. It says for kedush. Why was Adam Harishon created alone? Right? Because of this truth. Because of this inyan that for you, for each and every individual person, is a whole world that serves Hashem like they're created the singular person alone. On Earth, in other words, the Metzias of Adam Arishan was created because this is fundamentally true of every um, um, individual person. His solitude is premised on your solitude. And so the Rebbe says, you might say, well, maybe I'm alone in my chalak of the world. In other words, I'm the only one that can elevate what God creates for me to elevate. But there's obviously other parts of the world that I don't have access to. That's for, um, that's for other people. There's other chalakim to the world. I'm, 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 the, um, I'm the, the friendly neighborhood Adam HaRishon. But there's other neighborhoods, there's other places, other Adam um uh, uh, around. to this the Alter Rebbe cites the Rambam where the Rambam says that you have to view the whole world as if the famous Rambam or you have to view the whole world as if it's balanced on a scale right so in other words, your behavior, your actions don't just affect um, your chilek in the world. Your actions and your behavior affect the whole world. The whole world is balanced as a scale. And your next mitzvah, your next taveira, is going to affect that. So in other words, the whole beginning of Lopak and Tanya is all about the importance, not just of you in general, of you very much as an individual, of you as the only person in the whole world. Right? And now <laughs> the, uh, the Rebbe says, um, actually quite radical in my opinion you, you want to say that, that yeah. perhaps earlier it was, this concept was defined perhaps as uh, imposing personal guilt on someone now it's imposing yeah. before showing a, a personal empowerment to yeah you. yeah is that the argument? no I want to say that, uh, that for, I, I mean I don't, I don't know if it was ever meant to be imposing guilt I don't know I don't know about that meaning yeah there's Kabbalah so I'm in yeah. my next act everything's responsible on my next act I can't make a mistake so now you want yeah. to say yeah. no, I my cards. was create, right yeah. it from it from the no, I think it is about it is about responsibility but it's about it, 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 the responsibility is a natural outgrowth the Rebbe says this the next thing the Rebbe says in the Sicha actually kind of um, um on point. As the next thing the Rebbe says in the sicha is, so to speak, you might think that you're only being empowered to follow the rules. In other, word, in other words, in other words, in other words, okay, I'm the I'm 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 the only person you're treating me like other marishan, and so I get to be other marishan in order to go and follow all the rules. Yippee, right? Uh, it's So exciting. Like you're saying, basically, right? Now, the whole responsibility is on my shoulders. A huge responsibility. This huge. Um, um, heavy thing, and basically that it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's not ennobling. Rather, it's actually very, a very intense. And from the perspective of uh, of of I think responsibility is the wrong word. Maybe your word is better. Maybe it's guilt or uh, or, or fear, anxiety. It's very very intense. Because it's not an, a fundamentally ennobling thing. It's a thing that, that, that I'm being told I'm important in order to leverage me and, 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 and force perhaps, me yeah, perhaps, um, let's to, let's to let's obligate let's me. Perhaps, yes, let's use the lashon of so many rabbis, I tell Yeah. Well, what the, Rebbe says, what the Rebbe says is like this. The Rebbe says that, the continuation is, is the Rebbe says, this is where the Rebbe brings a midrash, a very radical midrash. And The Rebbe says that he uses the most scariest words in Pergamim Aleph Tanya, which is Hiney Hashem love, right? it's God standing and watching you, waiting to strike, so to speak. Uh, and never, I don't even like people uh, looking over my shoulder like uh, when I'm sitting at the Shul Kiddush. Never mind, uh, you know, Hiney Hashem Nitzvah love and God is watching and ready to. Um, every move. So the Rebbe says, the Rebbe brings a midrash. It's a radical, I, I, in my opinion, this is very radical. The Rebbe brings a midrash. The, Rebbe, so the midrash says, the midrash says that inayashem um, nitzav uh, It says it's by Yaakov in it. We just read it, right? Hine nitzav is by the uh, is by Yaakov's uh, Yaakov's uh, halal, right? The, that that God is standing. God is standing over him. God is standing over the Jew. It brings Rabbah, and Berechias Raba says Hine nitzav right? It says that the idolater the idolater um, stands on their gods, whereas by us God stands on us. What's pshat? Pare stood over the Nile, whereas God stands over us. And what's the... How does the V'nishas Rabbah interpret standing over us from God? It says that if you... you it's in the, the Sicha. I understand that print is very small. I should have mar- made markings and things. I like apologize. But the, um, the way he interprets God standing over you versus Pare standing over the Nile, he says the idolaters... The idolaters depend on their gods. That's what it means. Pare stands over the Nile. Pare standing over the Nile means Pare depends on the Nile. The Nile is what he worships, but in the end, he worships it as a uh, as a because he depends on it, right? Which I think is a reference. I've, this is my own uh, interpretation. I think this is connected with the general idea, like it discusses in um, in uh, in. Uh, um, um, um. Uh, it slips my mind, this, the place <coughs> where, the, where it discusses that, uh, that in general, have a desire, are only out for their, own, uh, for, their, for their own ends and out for their own benefit. Ooh. Thank you. It's related to what it says in Mimish So the um, Pari is standing over the Nile because the idolater depends on his God. What does it mean that God stands over us? It says in the midrash. The a Midr, it's not even Pisidus. So the Midrash says, God stands over you, I mean, God depends on you. God depends on the tzaddikim. God depends on us, rather than we depending on our God. It's literally what the Midrash says.
1: So, Hineyashem Nitzavalav,
0: right? If you go and read what the Midrash says, Hineyashem Nitzavalav does not mean God is waiting to strike. It means actually, for Kert, it means that not only does the world need you, but God Himself, mitzad is malchus, mitzad being the king, right? Actually needs the the yid, which is quite an ennobling uh, quite an ennobling mission. We uh, when I was in uh, uh, Mayanot, and we used to talk about the um, we used to talk about the right. There's the ben and the eved in the in the right? There's the ben and the eved, and then there's the uh, there's the 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 eved, so to speak, that's like the ben, and the ben that's like the eved. So we used to talk about um, 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 uh, Alfred from Batman. So we used to talk about. This may be a reference that uh, I don't know if this reference has ever been made in this room before. But the uh, the uh, the um, there's an idea of a servant who is ennobled by his uh, by his cause, who's ennobled by what he's uh, sent out. Where despite the fact that technically he's a servant, right? He's really in a way a mashpia, is really in a way the servant is really so ennobled and so lifted out and so part of the mission. That for is he's not really a servant at all. In fact, he's much higher, he's much higher than a Ben could ever be. Consiliary. Pardon? Consiliary, is that what you're saying? The, the Rebbe reads, the Rebbe reads the, the, the beginning of Perekh Mammalif as an exhortation that says that the Jew is the sole protagonist of all of reality. The individual Jew, you, the person that I'm talking to right now. How to deal with other people in this scheme, right? What does it mean that other people and other Jews exist? Okay, it's a separate issue, right? At the end of the day, that's solved through Abbas Yisrael and the fact that there is really only one Jew. It's the other radical uh, part of this whole, uh, this whole idea. But fundamentally, the Jew, the person I'm talking to right now, is the sole protagonist of the entire reality. Everything depends on him, including even God himself and the Malchus of God. A very profound and ennobling idea. This hisbeninus is the hisbeninus of Kabbalah's O. In other words, this is not a hisbeninus of Av. Uh, this is not a hisbeninus of uh, you know, transcendent heights that they could only reach in earlier generations. This is the Hisbenus of Perek that the Rebbe would assign to people as the, the dar the shvii hisbeninus. Right? What's the dar Hashvi hisbeninus? The dar Hashvi hisbeninus is that, despite everything, and despite the brokenness, and the, the orphaned state that we are in, and despite uh, um, all the, uh, the, um, the... our compromised minds, and compromised hearts, and all of these things which have been affected in so many ways by the deep, dark depths of Gaulus, the fundamental Nakuda of Hasidah, the beginning, the mistake of all mistakes, remains the same, remains true. The mistake of all mistakes is to believe that all of that defines us. Is to believe that whatever happens in the world ultimately defines a Jew. And Hasidus is a defiant disagreement. Right? Hasidus says the beginning of all Veda, the first thing a Jew needs to know. In fact, if you're just a rule follower and don't see your own importance and God is crushing you, it would seem the Pshat and the Rebbe Sich is is you can't do Reishas Aveda You can't reach Aveda right? If you're just a rule follower who's being uh, crushed by the great objectivity that is God. On the contrary... We are together with God. There's one God in two worlds. The whole beginning of Chassidus, the whole obsession of the beginning of Tanya, the opposite of the first, the first mistake, is to realize that we don't arise from within the world. We arise from together with God. And then when Perek Mamalev says that God is Beish and Christ and wants you to actually do mitzvahs, you understand that it's a totally different thing because the actually doing mitzvahs is supposed to be it's like we learned in my, in my, in my Tanya Share, we learned Perg Dalad of Tanya. And I, I was learning it and I was just astounded. I said, you know, if, if you really think about this, does anyone actually believe this, what it says in Perg Tanya? I don't know if I've ever met someone that actually believes what it says in Perg Dalet Tanya. Perg Dalet Tanya, it says that the mitzvahs are the natural outpouring of the love of the soul for God. Which is this exact idea, right? In other words, once you realize, once you realize your connection with God, and once you realize your inherent dignity and your inherent your inherent purpose, the fact that God is Bechem en klayos is not a great objectivity standing over you ready to strike, right? It's a totally different relationship. It's a, the the mitzvahs are supposed to be an outcome of this, inherent, uh, of this inherent relationship. The midrash describes, right, we're holding God's lamp and he's holding our lamp. There's a certain sense of mutually assured destruction. It's like the U.S. and the Soviet Union, right? God has given us something incredibly preferent. Why is that called though? What? Why is that called Euro? It's The the to like, activity, yeah. Why, why that is that of, those of you, right? What makes it Yira? <sighs> what makes it Yira, I think, Yeh is that, Lomar, is that it's not based on a Secheldik, um, a Techendic appreciation of what God is and what mitzvahs are. It's fundamentally a Kabbalah so. It's about it's about the relationship with God which is why it's the Darashvi is right? It's not about the meaning of the thing that God is asking me to do, right? It's a prat in, in the things that Darashvi is good at, which is Emuna and believe it or not, Kabbalah Sol. The, 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 I heard raf Paltiel say once, I think that the, uh, the, 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 the reason we think we're bad at Kabbalah Sol is because we've never been given an opportunity to actually do Kabbalah Sol, right? So we're actually given an opportunity we find out that our generation is actually quite good at it. That's a different discussion, maybe. But the 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 this is a Kabbalas o relationship. This is I appreciate who God is. Kabbalah o in, in Tanya everything is with his Benanus. There's no idea of 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 Stam doing it without an appreciation of who God is at all, right? And so it's for Kabbalas o his for Kabbalas o Is I'm in this relationship with God. It's real. He's more real than the world. Ultimately that's the claim of hasidus That's the radical claim. Take it or leave it. Tanya is not a polemical work. It doesn't argue doesn't explain to you why you should believe this. It just says this is the reality. Take it or leave it. But that's the basis of the, of the, of the whole thing. And just, uh, just to finish this brings me to the uh, to the, um, um, the Hayomien, which, I, uh, which I printed uh, here as well where it says in the Hayomiyam from the Fidic Rebbe Zigris, yeah, Resha Yurida. The first Yurida is right. Heather Haveda Bethila that out truc uh trucken and cult. Sorry?
1: <laughs> According to we just had the bragging about it. Yeah.
0: Is that it's not that the world is not evolvable. Yeah. Which is Nakuna. Yeah. Yeah, the world is not one. The um, the 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 I believe is I believe is related. Not to uh, I I planned my share before last night's shabbaton, but the uh, not to uh, re- reiterate. But it's a similar uh, it's a, it's a similar idea. I believe I believe all these ideas are uh, are connected. I heard very uh, once. I actually heard once a share I'll finish with this uh, with this idea, and then whatever we can discuss whatever you want. But the um, the I heard a sheir um, actually from Romanus uh, uh, Friedman where he actually answered a question that I had had, which I thought was actually a bad question, so it was, uh, it was, uh, it was very ingratiating to me, which is why I remembered it. Um, because I was reading um, the, 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 the Lange Briv, as all Bachrim who are skipping Seder do, and I was reading the Lange Briv from the Fiddick Rebbe in English, and there, in the Lange Briv, the Fiddick Rebbe says, that he talks about Reb Mordechai, right? Reb Mordechai is Talmud of the Balshentav, and he comes to this early village of Misnagdim, right? It's a story about how he, he finds his old friend and, and brings him to Chasidus the whole village of Misnagdim, right? in the very first Dar, the whole thing. There's a very interesting prat in the story there where the, where Reb Mordechai, the Talmud of the arrives in the village, and he goes and he watches them daven at the... Um, he watches them say Tehillim, right? At the Minyan, where they would say the whole Tehillim before Shachris, as the Friedrich Rebbe mentions many times, in many of the Friedrich Rebbe's sikhres. And it says that they're crying and weeping as they're saying the Tehillim. And the Rebbe Mordechai is taken aback by how cold they are when they're crying and weeping. And to me, I never understood this, because uh, uh, a halavai that once I could squeeze out a tear, one tear, when saying Tehillim, it would be a huge accomplishment for me. So I was very taken aback that they would, could cry and be emotional, but still be cold. What's pshat? I thought, I thought coldness is the opposite of emotion, right? Romanus explained beautifully. Romanus explains, the, he asked the question and he explained it beautifully. The, the, the answer is is that when we say coldness in Hasidus, when you say everything becomes cult, right? In Hasidus, warmth, and really this is, a, if you want to read for Yutas Kislev, stories of Hasidus, is a lot about this as well, and for Brangen about the cold about Yutas Kislev as well. Warmth comes from the source of life, warmth comes from God right, in other words, a real Hasidish Avarmkeit, even when you're crying, right, is Mitzad Bittal. What Reb Mordechai was really fundamentally saying is that these Eden would come and cry when they said to Hillim because their lives were very, very difficult and very, very sad and they were very, very broken uh, uh, Jews, as many Jews have been and will be, unfortunately, etc., etc. And they suffered a lot and they started saying to Hillim and thinking about their relatives in the last pogrom and they would cry. But that's not warmth. That's not what Hasidus means by warmth. That's emotionality. That's responding to the world. What Hasidus means by warmth right, is that the tears when you say Tehillim should derive from this face-to-face relationship with God. And there's no warmth outside of Bittle. There's no warmth outside of this connection with Hashem. And in this way, Yeshlaimar, that Yamyim is also connected with the Indian, right? With the says the beginning of the Irida is the lack of Aveda and Tefillah. right? If when you daven, you don't you're not making the connection, you're not making that Keshe, you don't feel that you're talking to God with whom you have a direct and personal connection, that you're willing to, you know, you're willing to to find God, you're willing to go through. Uh, Sandy Springs and East Cobb and Crown Heights and every Sicha and every, and every Gemara and the, you know, and the entire population of the five boroughs of New York, and you'll go through all of them to reach God. It doesn't matter. No one's getting in your way. You're going to go and you're going to find God because that's who you are and that's the one God with the many worlds. Right? If you don't have that, this is my haggish about it, if you don't have that commitment, if you don't have that sense, that this is about the person of God, with whom I am connected and, and uh, beyond the world, in this way that's beyond the world, um, then there is no Kesher, there's no Bittl, and everything starts, all you read it begins, and it's the same, it's the same Nakuda. The reason we can't daven, yesh is because it's connected, the reason we can't, can't daven is because we don't have the Hizban Yisraeli Malif, because we don't really believe this. We don't really believe that all of these other things which could corrupt or could uh, transform the connection with Hashem are all a side matter and, and are not to impress us and that fundamentally the Jew is real the God and God is real and everything else is external and just a, a part of the relationship between the Jew and God. Anyway, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, that's my whole song and dance and uh, questions, discussion. Yeah. Got. All right, thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, thank you for tolerating me.